CEO of the HSC, Paul Reed, is in the Limerick region today and tomorrow visiting, among other places, University Hospital Limerick, St. Gabriel, St. Camillus Hospital, Midwest Community Healthcare and Ennis Hospital. And he's on the line now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. And I, I certainly won't try match uh, John Coyley's rendition of the Piano Man this morning because uh, I couldn't bear it there. Uh, try beat that it was fantastic. I, and I saw you caught some of the homecoming because it was on social media last night yourself. Yeah, it was great. I actually got to, down to my hotel in the Strand and um, just as I got there, the team were arriving on the open-top bus so I really had a great bird's-eye view of the whole event and like a reporter, what I could see was really just a great family occasion, great colour, great spectacle, generations from grandparents, parents, children. Uh, it was just a really lovely event and I guess very positively this morning I was in the emergency department here earlier on in UHL and, you know, they they would have been expecting maybe to see some of the impact of celebrations later on night, but thankfully they had a, a much better night than we might have expected. So all around, it seems like it's been a good night of celebrations. Okay, well, since you raised it, and obviously it's the main point of conversation here on this show, unfortunately, on a constant basis, to be frank about it, the emergency department at UHL, any chance of it getting any better, Paul? Yeah, I make a few points. I mean, first of all, at a national level, we need to put in context what we are seeing, and this is across all emergency departments, and indeed across all health systems, the NHS, which would be traditionally uh, well-regarded in terms of its emergency department responses. They they are overwhelmed at the moment. What we are seeing nationally, we're seeing here in Limerick, is some of the delayed impacts of COVID. So, first of all, we still are dealing with COVID in the UHL this morning. There's 64 uh, patients in hospital with COVID and five in ICU. So we're still dealing with COVID, so we still need to have dual pathways for COVID, non-COVID patients. Uh, and ultimately, you know, what we are still... And doing, how long would you see that going on for? Well, the reality of it is, with COVID, we're now looking like it's, it's, it'll have various seasonal impacts. Nobody would have predicted that we would be seeing an impact in the middle of summer. Uh, but talking to some of the staff this morning, uh, in the, particularly in the paediatrics unit, they're seeing a lot of respiratory illnesses now in summer that we wouldn't have seen traditionally until October, November. So I think we're in for a very challenging winter, to be frank, uh, in both in Limerick but at national level. Uh, we are going to be dealing with the impacts of COVID for a sustained period of time. We are, however, making a number of interventions to improve things, both in UHL here in the hospital, but also in the community services. So an investment in both resources, uh, staff, uh, very significant investment in staff overall, but also in terms of capacity, extra bed capacity. But but really important, and it's a core part of my visit here today, and also... All well, before we just get that, I just want to clarify one thing. Uh, the Minister for Health uh, talked about uh, another recent intervention, and there have been many, frankly, into the emergency uh, department over the years. Uh, what is the outcome of that, or what will be the outcome of that, that might give listeners a bit of reassurance? Yeah, and I'd like to do that. Uh, so we have um, a number of specialist uh, team, team working with the teams here in the hospital and indeed with the community teams and looking at a whole range of aspects around the flow of people as they come into the emergency department. How do we prioritise triage and in some cases stream people on a prioritised basis and particularly all elder people over 75 years of age, uh, how people are uh, flow through the hospital system. How do we discharge in a more timely manner? It has been difficult uh, on discharge levels, particularly for all the persons with, you know, when we have had outbreaks in nursing homes, but that thankfully is getting better. 
so looking at the whole flow through, looking particularly look at the interventions in the community side and what interventions we can make to help discharges uh, happen, but more importantly, uh, to reduce the numbers of people attending the emergency departments because traditionally in Ireland the emergency department is the first port of call for people with sickness. But increasingly now we're seeing interventions in the communities. So some of the ones will be, for example, treating older persons outside of the hospital uh, area in the community in some of our primary care centres, giving people direct access to diagnostics from their GP. Uh, so last year nationally we had 140,000 uh, access of the diagnostics from GPs uh, and in, in Limerick, in, in the UHL, significant numbers as well coming directly through. So giving people more access, 14,000 in Limerick in 2021. Uh, community intervention teams, I'll be seeing some of those on my visits here today. So looking at resourcing up our community inter- intervention teams to treat people outside the hospital, in, say in primary care centres, uh, and, and looking at strengthened uh, access for diagnostics. So a whole range of support. Okay. And what's the time scale on all of that? Well, there's two time, I suppose there's three aspects of time frame. First of all, with the emergency department, we're just finalising, if you like, a, a three-month and a six-month uh, plan of a range of actions within the emergency department and the UHL here. Uh, and we're working that through, just the team here working on it with them at the moment. Uh, separate to that, though, however, would be the more medium-term time frame, which are some of the initiatives I spoke about, uh, giving people treatment, enhanced community care treatment in the in the community. Uh, and that's more immediate. That's a, kind of slanger care strategy of strengthening up um, and recruiting into community intervention teams. Uh, so that's a more medium term time frame. So we're looking at a three month, six month time frame and then a three year time frame uh, to resource up. And, you know, they, these interventions do take longer, but strategically they are the right things. And that's why I want to reassure your listeners. These are the right things that will improve over time uh, people's care uh, rather than coming to the emergency department. Now, one of the issues that would have been raised pretty consistently as we've debated this on Limerick today, we're talking to Paul Reed, who's the chief executive of the HSE and he's visiting the Limerick region at the moment, was the downgrading of St. John's, Ennis and Nina to medical assessment units. What's your response to that? Well, I think that was part of an overall strategy um, to strengthen the, if you like, the Model 4 hospitals uh, and to give them a number of Model 2 hospitals, etc. So, for example, we do know, uh, and this is proven across many levels of care, whether it's cancer care, uh, whether it's cardio care, or whether it's emergency department care, that people get the best level of treatment by concentrating the resources in particular areas rather than dispersing resources uh, you know, really well-needed resources being dispersed remotely so, uh, across the country. So it is about strengthening capacity in emergency departments, uh, and that was the strategy for UHL. We know we need to further increase the capacity for it, but it is giving people better care and safer care. Uh, and this is a core part of our strategy, even with Navin right now, uh, which you'll have heard on a national level, you know, where we have high risk and high safety risks for patients' care uh, in some of our much smaller hospitals. And it is about concentrating expertise and resources in the right areas. Okay. Um, The St. John's development that's been announced, more beds going in there, for example. Uh, There's a private hospital, not directly under uh, your purview, of course, uh, the Bon Secours Hospital near Northern Trust on the Valley Simon Road, looking to open in January 2025. Will they help? Well, I think what we have seen during COVID is a much closer collaboration between the public and private health systems. 
Now, we want to increase inequality of access for everybody to receive their care in the public system. That's ultimately what we have to do, and that's government policy. But as we do have capacity issues at the minute, we do need to utilise some private capacity that we have. And in, in Limerick here, they are doing that. They're using about 55 private beds per week. Um, at a national level, we're using about 1,800 uh, private beds per week, so about 400 patients receiving their care. But it is small. Like I mean, we have 11,000 public beds overall. So it's a small part of our strategy, but it is about utilising capacity as we have it and as we need it. Um, but ultimately, we do want to increase access for everybody and the quality of access into public systems. Yeah, and I suppose, uh, Paul Reid, I mean, the biggest um, issue, I think, for a lot of people locally is a belief that they will see incremental improvement, particularly around the ED, and you have outlined plans and timeframes, but will they be able to say this winter that there, it was an improvement on previous winters and next spring, it, you know, so that there, there is a sense of momentum going in the right direction, as it were? Mm. Well, I do want to reassure your listeners, there is a strong sense of momentum. Again, I was in the emergency department early this morning uh, and I know the teams are all working very closely together between some of the, some of the extra resources we've put in, some of the expertise we've put in to help them here. Uh, and we have seen, thankfully, over the last few weeks, a de-escalation in the emergency departments. The attendance levels are down about 4% over the last eight weeks. Admissions are down about 6.5%. Uh, still challenged with presentations of over 75 years of age, so we have to give those priority. Uh, but ultimately, the focus that we're putting uh, both in the community and in the hospital service, as I said, over the next three months, is geared towards alleviating the pressure. But I, look, I always want to be perfectly honest with people. Uh, we are looking like a very challenging winter ahead. If we look at what's happened in the Southern Hemisphere in Australia with the flu season, it's quite impactful. Uh, you know, so if we put a flu season along with a potential other wave of COVID, you know, we will be challenged. Uh, but I do want to assure your listeners, we are not shying on the resources going in, whether that's people or capacity, uh, and we're not shying on the support that we want to give uh, to the Midwest region. And, and do you have confidence in the management on the ground? I do, and I've said it very publicly. Uh, I have confidence on the management and I have confidence on our clinical teams here in Limerick. And I think, unfortunately, uh, they've come in for... Look, we know, we know we've know we many challenges in our health system, but I think, unfortunately, they've come in for uh, some very undue criticism um, that was kind of personalised, actually, sometimes. Uh, and I don't think it's right. I think that we've a very committed team. I've met them on a number of times. Uh, and, you know, you only have to walk inside that hospital, inside that emergency department, see the commitment of everybody. Uh, and can I just make a general point? One of the reasons why I'm here and all across the country today is to show my recognition for staff, management, clinical and medical teams. You know, I've worked for 30 years in the private sector, and people always compare private and public sectors. No organisation anywhere has ever seen the resilience of our staff and management over the past two and a half years, been through five waves of COVID and a cyber attack. It's unmatched in any private sector organisation, and I can say that hand on heart. So to answer your question, yes, I do have strong confidence in the team, sir. Um, coming into the winter then, uh, are we expecting you know, a, a new and better vaccine for COVID? And are we expecting alongside that, because you just mentioned it, a flu shot? And will both of those be provided comprehensively and free to the population. Yeah, well, just to answer the second part of your question first, I think one of the good outcomes from COVID, if you like, if you try to find some good outcomes, was the universal access of care. You know, we had a testing and tracing system and a vaccination process and system that was open to everybody, uh, free, 
and prioritise based on need. So I think that's one really good thing we want to see all across our health system, equality of access, free at point of delivery, and prioritise for those in most need. So we would expect that. Specifically raise your question on the COVID vaccine. We await a recommendation from the National Immunisation Advisory Committee, they advise, and then we execute based on their advice. But the likely outcome is that there would be, uh, whether it's a specific um, vaccine type uh, or, you know, a regular COVID vaccine later in the winter. Uh, and we would like to see that um, done along with a flu shot so we can, you know, have the efficiency of the vaccination programme. So, yes, we would expect it, but we await the recommendations from NIAC. And you were leaving your post as Chief Executive of the HSE. Um, would you have thought about staying? I must I'd say this, this was honestly the hardest decision I've ever made in my career. And 70% of me thinks it's the right one, and 30%, you know, says really. But uh, it's a judgment I have to make. Um, I, I love this sector. I love the health sector. I love my job. I love the people that I get to work with. Uh, I've just had to make a, a judgment based on giving some time to family. I've, I've worked in high-pressurised jobs all my life, and um, you know my family have given me the fullest support. And, and sometimes you just got to take stock and say, "Well, now maybe it's time for me to give them uh, some some time." So uh, it wasn't an easy decision. Uh, I'm comfortable with what I've made, but uh, it, it hasn't been easy, and it will break my heart today. I walk out. And one other thing: if someone had told you as you took up the post that you would have faced what you faced, you know, COVID, cyber attacks and everything else, would you have said, I'm staying where I am? Oh, yes. I mean, look, the reality of what's happened, first of all, it's been, it's been a privilege to be leading the health service at this time and just look at that commitment that I mentioned earlier on from everybody. So it's been a pure privilege to be leading at this time. But secondly, I think what's not often understood, you know, I'm often challenged, you know, did COVID set back the reform agenda? And, and I genuinely believe COVID actually accelerated our reform agenda. Much of the initiatives that we're putting in place in the community services now and extra resourcing, you know, has been a function of COVID. And um, I think we've embraced the opportunity. Our teams have demonstrated how agile and how, how up for change they are. So, you know, they certainly won't be wanting from staff uh, to be up for change. Um, and, and just one other point. I mean, should we be concerned about um, the people leaving at the top levels of the health service? You're, you're leaving. Tony Holohan has moved on. Uh, the deputy chief medical officer, Ronan Glynn, has moved on. And, and, and others, I'm sure, too, that I haven't mentioned. Now, the one thing I can assure your listeners about the health system is uh, the resilience that's there, the people that are coming behind. Uh, there's great talent in the health system. And our organisations move on. It's never... Um, you know, when one individual or person or leader moves on, uh, there's a good trail of leaders either behind within the sector or people who will come into the sector. So, no, I'd, I'd have full confidence uh, health service will continue to improve. All right. Well, listen, thank you for your time this morning, including waiting for us for a few minutes while we were doing a bit of celebrating at the start of the show. That's uh, Paul Reid, uh, who will soon be leaving his post, but remains uh, the chief executive of the health service ex- executive. And he is um, uh, visiting the Limerick region at the moment. Your views, your news, your 